Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Luna Love of the Podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded the Araqual people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pays respects to elders past, present, and emerging. I'm your host, Jordana Levine. Today, I have a very fun interview episode for you. I'm chatting with my dear friend, Helen Jacobs, who I have mentioned several times on this podcast before. She is a psychic and the author of three incredible books, two of which I mention all the time on this podcast. You already know, which helps you access your psychic abilities and her latest book, Follow Your Heart, which is all about leaning into your intuition. Both books are incredible, must-reads, audiobooks are also really, really good. Um, and this episode's really fun because Helen and I are actually interviewing each other. So we've decided that we wanted to appear on each other's podcasts, and it might just be easier if we have one long conversation and then share it on both of our podcasts. So... There's a little bit of me interviewing Helen. There's a bit of Helen interviewing me. Um, it's it's pretty fun. It also means we cover a bunch of topics. We talk about astrology. We talk about manifestation. We talk about being a psychic, how to access your intuition, how Helen converses with her spiritual support team, and a whole bunch of other stuff. To find out more about Helen and her work, you can head to her website, helenjacobs.co, or follow her on Instagram at helenjacobs.co. Before we jump into that episode, though, I just want to let you know that this week's bonus episode for Lunar Lovers subscribers will uh, cover all of the astrology for this week. Plus, I'm going to discuss what kind of an impact astrology can really have on us and how you might be placing a little too much importance on the things that don't really matter. This was an episode I had planned to do this week, um, but I've just been having a lot of conversations with people on Instagram, on the Lunar Lover Instagram account, and the idea for this episode kind of dropped in over the weekend. So I, look, I I think it's relevant. I think you're all going to get a lot out of it. Um, We're going to discuss what part of your natal chart has the most impact, how much importance we should place on the themes of the moon, a Mercury retrograde and eclipses, and also how we should be working with certain aspects of astrology more than others. It's a really, I was going to say cool episode. 
I guess it's kind of cool. But what it really is, is actually a very helpful episode, (laughs) which I'm sure you'll get a lot out of. And um, I'm so excited for you to hear that. So if you're not a subscriber, all you need to do is click the link in the show notes of the episode and you can um, either become a Moon subscriber or an Ascendant subscriber for as little as $8 a month to access that free bonus episode every week. And that bonus episode will drop on what day this week? On Wednesday this week. All right, my loves, uh, what else do we need to discuss before we jump in? Oh, the only other thing is natal chart readings, of course, are happening again Only a few spots left in July. If you want to ask me a question and you've had a reading in the past, there is also an option to do that now. And I do have spots available as of next week. If you'd like to book in for a reading, ask me a question, have a look at the other astrology offerings that I have at the moment. All you need to do is head to jordanalevine.com forward slash readings or click the link in the show notes of this episode. All right, my loves, enjoy this interview with Helen Jacobs. I don't know your sun, moon and rising. I feel like it's such an insight into a person. I don't even know what your sun sign is. Okay. Is it all too much to reveal it? Do you feel a bit? No, but I was giggling because you were sharing some stuff on Instagram the other day and I almost messaged you, but I was like, and this is obviously why. So my sun sign, well, I, now I kind of want to quiz you. Do you know, what do you think my sun sign is? Okay, that, yeah. Um, I, I haven't really thought about it before. Okay. Um, but. <laughs> why I, have you not thought about me and my sun sign before? <laughs> no, I mean, usually I would. I, you're such an enigma. Um, there's a part uh-huh. of me that feels that it's an earth sign. Would that be right? No, no, I'm a Scorpio. That's oh, water. Are you? Yeah, yeah. I guess that. I mean, there was a part of me that was like, she's got to be a Pisces or a Scorpio because you're so psychic. But then well, my ascendant is Pisces. Is it? Mm. And that's what you were posting about the other day. It was something to do with like either Pisces specifically or the psychic elements and things. And I was like, Ooh. oh, yeah, it was the psychic mm. placement. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then my moon is Leo, I believe. Oh, what a little combo that is. It's funny because I'm, I don't really know a lot about astrology. And so I am often saying I'm not an astrologer. I'm fascinated by it. I love following it and what, you know, people like yourself have to say about it. But it also really, Um, I think ties into when I do energy forecasts. And so I'm always kind of interested in like, I can feel the energy and I I get a big sense. And then someone like yourself would be like, oh yeah, well, this planet's here. And that's, it's like, oh, that's why all of that's happening. Yeah. Well, Um, I mean, it's such big energy, isn't it? The planets, no wonder you're tuning into it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like you and I are having this conversation we both were yawning and like, whew, before we hit record. So I'm kind of curious. I've read that Pluto is doing something and Saturn, I don't know. What What is going on right At now? At the time of recording this, it's the 14th of March. Saturn moved into Pisces last week. 
Um, Mm -hmm. just as we had that Virgo full moon, Saturn also moved into Pisces. Now Saturn's been in Aquarius since December, 2020. And before that it was in Capricorn for two and a half years and both Capricorn and Aquarius rule, uh, sorry, Saturn rules Capricorn and Aquarius. So it's not an unusual energy for them to be in for Saturn to move into Pisces. That is not a happy home for Saturn. So that's why we all feel a little bit discombobulated at the moment while that energy is kind of recalibrating, I guess. And we've also got the sun in Pisces, Neptune in Pisces, Mercury's in Pisces, everything's in Pisces. (laughs) It's the place to be. (laughs) Pisces is where it's at at the moment. Yeah. And then later this month, we've got um, Pluto moving into Aquarius Pluto stays in a sign for up to 20 years sometimes. So it's been a while since it shifted signs. Um, Mars is moving into Cancer. It's been in Gemini since August last year. There's just a lot happening all at once. So it's really interesting, right? I do these energy forecasts and I I generally do them at at the top of the year and then depending on how you're tapping into my work, you might get access to other things. And I had said, according to the cards, that March to about October, I call them bookends. And so you've kind of helped me understand astrologically what's going on, you know, as we're recording this in the middle of March. Do you know yet what would be like, have you, I I don't know how far ahead you look, Yeah. but I'm wondering then if something else is changing in October that also correlates with the bookends. Yeah, off the top of my head, no. But let me bring up my 2023 spreadsheet and I'll tell you what's Oh, my happening. God, I've got one of those too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, we should, we should really, uh, there's something really interesting in, in this. I'd love to see your spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in October, we've got two big eclipses and... What's interesting this year is that we're actually shifting from one nodal axis to the other, but it's happening throughout the year. It's not a, it's not a clear transition. So we've been on the Taurus, on the Taurus Scorpio nodal axis, and we're shifting to the Aries Libra nodal axis. And in October, we've got a solar eclipse in Libra and a lunar eclipse in Taurus. And that's going to be a big month for major transformations happening ah so it tracks it does track yeah I love it so I know that my listeners uh will be I think most of them will know who you are I think we have enough of a little crossover in our worlds but uh the astrology side of things and really claiming your astrological abilities to read all the placements and what, what it means, you know, it's, it's something that you've um, really claimed lately. Right. How did that come about? (laughs) It was actually a reading that I did with you. I mean, you did with me. (laughs) That's not what I meant. That that was not baiting you. (laughs) No, I know, but that is how it came about. I mean, I've been studying astrology for the last four years and I've, I've, run Luna Lover the podcast for the last four years which is about the moon so it's not like I haven't been using the skills (laughs) there was just something about uh stepping up and claiming it that I was to be honest with you I think it was feelings of shame around it um and I was never sure why that was I never wanted to be seen as the spiritual gal for some reason I always wanted to be taken (laughs) really seriously as a writer even though I was writing about spiritual things like manifestation, <laughs> it was just a, a real thing. I've, 
<laughs> I mean, the, the gig is up. <laughs> like, right. So I, I think I people realised. Yeah, it, it, it's taken, you know, like I'm 38. It's, ta- it's taken me this long to be okay with it. Um, what I soon came to realize though, was that there's a, there's a aspect within the natal chart called black moon Lilith Mm. and my black moon Lilith is in Pisces. And the beauty of black moon Lilith is she does represent these like feelings of shame and guilt that we have in certain areas of our life. But when you're able to claim your black moon Lilith, then you become like the rising feminine and stand in the empowerment of that. And black moon Lilith in Pisces is all about, well, it can be about many different things. It can be about addiction and depression and all of those Mm -hmm. sorts of things, but it can also be a shame around claiming your own spirituality, which is how it's played out for me. Well, that was going to be my next question because surely you would have looked at it and you have. Huh. So then have you started charting what will happen now you have claimed it and where does this end up taking you? Of course, you've got free will and you'll be making your choices, but according to your own chart, I guess, is that, like I yeah. said, I'm not the astrologer. So how does uh, that work? Can you sort of tell when is the best time to move in certain directions? Well, you can definitely tell the best time to move in certain directions when you have a look at your transits and your what we call a progression chart. Um, and that's a way of sort of, I guess, predicting the future, although I don't like to call it that mm-hmm. because I think we have our own free will and, you know, the planet's aren't going to tell us what to do. But I, think, <laughs> I know it's so annoying. But I think the idea is that once you can understand different aspects of your natal chart and embrace certain aspects of your natal chart, then everything starts to open up and flow. So for example, when I started to claim this black moon Lilith, it points to parts of my chart where I have a lot of planets in the 12th house, which is the Pisces house. And so those planets sort of came alive when I was able to claim the Pisces energy that I had. So it's a little sort of flow on effect like that. And that's what's so um, incredible about having your natal chart read because it unlocks these like little gifts and strengths that you possess that you might not even be aware of, you know? Oh, and I guess it would be something that you could have, you could revisit that, right? Because not only are you looking at your own personal chart, but every time you would be tapping back into it, the planets are now in a different area. And so your chart is being hit maybe it's lighting up in different ways, depending on what is currently happening. Right. Absolutely. There's the big transits that we're aware of, you know, things like your Saturn return that happens around the age of 28, 29. Um, We have like a Uranus return, a Pluto return. There's like all these big moments within the chart. But then there's also really small moments that maybe only last for a month, a year, where you can really sort of embrace certain areas of the chart that um, can work in your favor when you're trying to launch something or you know start again or reflect on something or get introspective or create or whatever it might be yeah Mm. so we, we can look ahead for that for sure it's really funny I I mean like I said I've always loved astrology um, and it's like the the little thing that I liked, like when my um, nephew was born a couple of years back, the first thing I did as soon as my sister shot through the time of date was I got his chart spat out online, was like, right, yes. let's, let's see it all. Uh, I find it 
so fascinating that there are so many different ways that the universe is giving us information to right. help us. Right. And I agree. I think we have free will, right? Like at the end of the day, we are independently able to make choices and decisions and we have our cognitive facilities for a reason. But when you sort of zoom out and realize that the planets are doing things and in my world, I call them energetic patterns. I don't, like I said, I don't really know if they're always aligned with what the planets are doing. There's our own little personal seasons and cycles. And it's like a clockwork to me, you know, that like all the cogs inside and it's like, well, I hope you can figure this out. <laughs> There's right, so much right. going on. Yeah. So Helen, then like for my listeners, we're share we're sharing an audience at the moment. It's yes. very expansive. <laughs> I like it. For my listeners, how how are you reading the energy? I'm looking to the planets. What are you doing? Just chatting. <laughs> chatting <laughs> Just, <with> Chris. <laughs> <laughs> my mate Chris, who I should probably explain for yeah. your readers. Uh so I do communicate with essentially non-physical beings. So spirit guides, um, historically, I have also communicated, you know, with people who've passed away, that sort of thing. Um, So when I'm doing my forecasts, it's usually me and Chris and I ask a question and he tells me what's coming. (laughs) Mm. Um, I do use oracle cards um and so that also helps me too it's like I'm I'm sort of getting an overall theme uh and then I've got some messages from Chris which is what I call my spiritual support team and then then it just kind of keeps going and going and going so I do call myself a channel which essentially means that something other than me moves through me yeah um so sometimes I don't really know how I'm doing it at all. Right. And this is what's so tricky about it, right? Like when I put mm-hmm. that post up about finding um, your psychic energy within your natal chart, it was dependent on different planets and the and the energy they bring. So uh, Neptune, Pluto, Uranus, they're like the big psychic antennas of the Zodiac. Um What's interesting though is when I do a reading for someone and they've got this like incredible amount of psychic energy in their chart. They've either got a bunch of Scorpio placements or everything's in the eighth house or Pluto's aspecting all their personal planets. And they're like, okay, but what do I what do I do with this? Like, what do I do with this? Do I have to be a psychic? And I'm like, no, no, no. you don't you don't have to work <laughs> with it. But how do you learn to access it what would you say to someone who is totally new to this and I told them that they have all this psychic potential (laughs) where do they where do they go what do they do I mean the first thing I did when I figured it out was panic and shut it down (laughs) so that's totally normal um I think it's really important to to think about what you're actually comfortable in tapping into that you are under no obligation to use the gifts that you've been given, right? (laughs) It would seem a real shame if you don't, but you get to make a choice. Yeah. Assuming that you do want to then do something with it, I think intuition is a really tangible place to start. And I think 
intuition by definition is different from accessing, uh, you know, higher realms or talking with spirit guides or meeting Chris or whoever, right? So each of us is intuitive. We can just tune into our hunches and that like gut instinct and the feelings and sensations in our body. And for like for some people, for probably most people, that is enough. Yeah. If you really want to go into more of that um, like clairvoyance, clear seeing and knowing, uh, you can develop it. So for me, I used automatic writing, um, which is essentially a way of bringing through information that's not from your own mind. Yes. Um, you can use oracle cards. You could work with dreams. Like you, th- There's so many different ways that you can tap into it. I think it's just important to find the thing that resonates for you. Uh, so, yeah, just kind of follow your curiosity. Yeah. What What are some ways that people can use um, their abilities that aren't like sitting across from someone and doing a psychic reading? <laughs> Do you know this is something that I've questioned myself a lot? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's a gift and a talent, right? So you can make it the bread and butter and that is the thing that you do. Or you can use it to create magical worlds and write fiction. Mm. Or you can use it as a doctor and intuitively get a sense of what's happening with your patient but bring a world of medicine to it. So, no, it's it's not the only way that you can do it. It might be that you're a stay-at-home mom and you just get really tuned in to when your kids need you right. a bit more or not. Right. Um, and I think it's more broadly true of, you know, I talk a lot about our purpose and why we're here and what our soul is exploring. It doesn't always have to be for someone else. We can just have that gift for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sometimes I struggle with it and I'm like, oh, do I like, do I keep offering this to everyone? And then, you know, someone will come along. I'm like, yeah, that's why I do this. That's why I do this. Um, But you're under no obligation. And I don't know, I'm kind of babbling on and extrapolating from your question, but there are certainly times where I'm like, well, see you later, Chris. I don't want to talk to you and I don't want to be hanging out with the world of spirits so much. Like, it's right. okay for me to be human and want to do really human things. So, you know, just as you said that, I had this like sense of panic in my system because I love to be alone. Like I love it. I don't want, sometimes it, it annoys me that Poppy's in the house. Like I love her, <laughs> but I'm just like, I just need some time. Do you feel like they're always there? In the beginning, I did. In mm. fact, as a child, I could look back and realize that his Poppy's right, like, cute. Please don't throw me out. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going anywhere, Poppy. <laughs> um, yeah, in the beginning, it did feel like I had no privacy, that I couldn't um, close the curtains. Mm. Um, the more that I've done this work, the more adamant I am that they get out of the way. And 
more so actually, you know, early on in my (laughs) psychic career, not normally two words you put together, but in my psychic career, uh, I was doing a lot of medium work and the spirit of people who have been here on earth are really bloody pushy, Mm. which is one of the reasons that I don't really like doing medium work because it's like, I wouldn't (laughs) lovingly, I wouldn't just sit here and let you talk at me for an hour if you were really wow. across from me. Yeah. What makes you think I'm going to do it because you're in spirit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Chris is a little more friendly. He'll leave me alone. Okay. And he is not one being. He, I, I say Chris, there's a yes. whole team of the them. Team. Yeah. And so, you know, depending on what's happening, I might have one of them pop in or all of them pop in. And, and sometimes I'm just like, nah, let me just wallow in my humanness for a bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <sighs> I mentioned fiction. I'm really curious how your fiction writing is going, dare I ask. Oh, God, not the week to be asking me. I, oh, no. No, no, no. This is, a good, this is a good story for everyone listening. Um, I... Uh, have changed the structure of how I'm writing at the moment in that I dedicate a week every month just purely to fiction writing. Mm. Um, And then I just dedicate a couple of hours, two days a week to it on the off weeks that aren't that full week. Anyway, I dedicated this week to it. And I always look ahead astrologically. I always look ahead to make sure it's a good week to be doing it. And I also sync it with my menstrual cycle. Like I try and do the best that I can. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I completely effed this week up because this week is the week that everything's in Pisces and confusion is abound. And my fiction book's all about precision so that the reader doesn't get lost. And um, yeah, so it, so I've, I'm going to have to reschedule it to next week because I, it's not happening for me at all. But otherwise it's good. It's on track. I should be done by June. Wow. Because yeah. this has taken two years by the time it's finished or one year no it'll be by the time I finish it'll be 18 months okay okay but I just spoke to a very successful author the other day and it took her 15 years to write her first fiction oh mate I don't have 15 years (laughs) I mean neither do I but then I was like 18 months oh yeah it's great yeah 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 well that is exciting yeah, it is exciting. It's funny though, because it's like you can, and and I'm sure you do the same, like you can read the energy, you can look astrologically, see if everything's aligning for a creative project. Mm. But at the end of the day, I mean, you can't really plan for that stuff, right? Especially no. with writing, like for me, well, especially with the first three books I wrote, it was definitely a channel of sorts. And I'm not attuned enough at this point to decide when the channel comes through. (laughs) Yeah, which is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is that idea of like waiting for the muse, right? Uh, But I think the other part to come back to what you were saying about, you know, you, you can have every single planet alignment marked out on your calendar and, life will still do other things and I'm kind of curious to see where this thread might take us because my belief is that the soul trumps all and so I guess the astrological placement 
or your own chart is based on that precise moment that the soul has, you know, come earthside. Uh, and so there's an element of it having been chosen, but the soul is still learning and exploring. And I kind of think it's kind of funny when it's not me <laughs> that that the astrologer who's lined up her writing and creative work by the planets not got it wrong but like it is is at the mercy of it so I don't know do you feel like this that the soul is sort of corralled by the chart is it has it chosen the chart have you ever thought about this okay so a friend of mine um he's very open to astrology but he likes to trip me up as much as he can which I think is healthy because it keeps me on my yes. toes um, yes. and he asked me the other day when do we count the time of birth like is it from the moment the first breath is taken when the umbilical cord is cut like what happens when it's a cesarean birth what happens with preemie babies were they meant to be born you know like all the questions yeah <laughs> all the questions uh from what I know in my heart of hearts, it's the first breath. There's something mm-hmm. about as life enters the body and that's when everything starts getting charted. Now, my sister, if you were to change her birth of time by one minute, it throws off her rising sign, right? So for most people, they say, oh, if you get the time within an hour or two of your birth, you'll be fine. But it's it's too precise for that. You can throw off your rising if any of your degrees are near the cusp of a house, you can put a planet in a, another house. You know, it's there's a lot that can change mm. within those moments. I've forgotten what the original question was. <laughs> yeah, I do this all the time. Yeah. So, so in my school of thought, I would think that the soul has essentially chosen the broader oh, moment yes. of time that it's arriving right. and therefore has maybe some inside knowledge on where the planets are and how that's going to influence them, right? Yes, yeah, so that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. It's like that first breath, I think the soul has chosen that moment. So whether you were born 6 weeks before Mm. you were meant to be born I I think that was predetermined oh you think it's predetermined yeah I do I do I think you are born into the chart you're meant to have yes which is essentially what I'm what I'm asking you see and maybe because I'm not an astrologer and I guess that precision that you know a minute later and you've got a completely different chart I feel like I, without knowing that, I would say that the soul has chosen, well, and maybe it also depends on the soul because some souls choose like a broad moment in time to be, like I often say to people, well, you've chosen to be on our planet at this time with oh. all of the stuff that's going yeah. on, you know, what we're experiencing and and moving through. So there's like that broader choice. Mm. Um on my podcast, uh, it will have just aired, I think, by the time yours airs. Uh, I had Rachel Creather on who does oh, um, hypnotherapy. Yeah, yeah, I love Rach. And we it's a fascinating conversation, but we were talking about um, the sort of life between life and, you know, how these things are chosen and why a soul would come at a particular time. Um I can't even remember why I brought that up now. We were talking about like predetermined 
birth charts and like you decide. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, she was saying that she um, has found in her work uh, souls that choose very specifically. It has to be these parents so that I, you know, end up with this kind of body or this kind of experience. And then there are other souls who say, eh, it's not as important. I'm, I, I just need to get in there. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it may be something similar with astrology that there's a broad stroke um, where perhaps, I don't know, perhaps it doesn't matter so much. Or then there are, you know, those moments where the soul has specifically chosen. I'm thinking of my firstborn Isla, who was like weeks late and still wouldn't come and then we were induced and she still took her three days it's like oh you wanted to be here at that time um anyway that was a long-winded way of getting that point across well it's so interesting (laughs) I had a listener of the podcast she'll know who she is if she hears this story who reached out to me she dm'd me on instagram and she said um I am having a scheduled c-section um they 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 had to do it. And she said, I've got the choice of two dates. One makes the baby an Aquarius, one makes it a Pisces. And she said, this is my chart. This is my husband's chart. Which one should I, which date should I choose? And I was like, no way am I answering that question for you. But it was an interesting concept because I was like, what happens when you do get to choose that as the parent, right? That's a lot of power. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my mind is kind of ticking over. I think, honestly, faced with that choice, although I've got two two things I want to say on this, faced with that choice, I kind of feel like life would intervene if you made the wrong one. <laughs> like right. if that soul really wanted to be here as a Pisces as opposed to the Aquarian, then life would intervene. But on that point, my second daughter... Uh, you know, I, I just said how my first was delivered and it took forever. So, you know, cut to the chase. She ended up as an emergency Caesar. By default, I needed to have a Caesar to deliver Rose. Yeah. And we were given the option to choose. Um, and ironically, I didn't look at the birth chart. I didn't look at that for her. I looked at there were that she was meant to be on my grandmother's anniversary and I've also got a sister's birthday at the same time so I was like no she needs her own identity and she but I didn't think of it astrologically I I think it would just end up taking care of itself right right (laughs) it's just so interesting especially that Aquarius Pisces cusp because they are so different as signs I mean most of the signs that sit beside each other are quite different but Aquarius and Pisces like they're very different well Isla ended up being um Aquarius is she a little genius I mean she'll tell you that she's I I think she is (laughs) (laughs) whether the rest of the world would agree uh it's funny because she actually ended up being born on one of my oldest friend's birthdays uh, and I remember being pregnant and my friend was like, you watch, she'll come in on my birthday. And I was like, and my friend is not psychic whatsoever. Like we don't even talk about this. She's like, yeah, yeah, she'll come on my birthday. I was like, she better not. No way. Anyway, she did. So, oh, that's so yeah. funny. Yeah. So funny. Um, does Poppy have a chart? 
Yeah, Poppy is, I don't know what time she was born, so I don't know her rising, but she is a Leo, cute, with a Libra moon. <laughs> Aww. Aww. She does have a little Libra moon. She's, she, yeah, she's very, she's just very sweet natured. <laughs> but I'm biased, it's Poppy. Yeah, right. We're, yeah, of course we're biased. <laughs> children. Yeah, Poppy's my cat, in case anyone listening is wondering. Yes, it's worth noting. You can't forget we when just I get said talking. I was and throw it's like, her yeah. out before. That was my cat we were talking about. Yeah, I, actually, it's, I'm glad we clarified. <laughs> um, now, Helen, I mention your two books all the time on the podcast because um, especially Follow Your Heart, which is the book about intuition, your latest book. I think intuition is a really difficult thing to teach people. Um, and to get people to, well, a whole, a big part of intuition is trust, right? And it's really tricky <laughs> to teach trust. Um, so for people sort of starting out with um, trying to strengthen, or I guess access, what terminology would you use? Is it an access to Either. intuition or a strengthening of both? Well, I think you probably have to access it before you can strengthen it. Right. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> Where would, where would people start with that? Mm, well, firstly, thank you for sharing my books with your listeners. You're um, look, I think we could, if intuition feels too scary, right, and that idea of trusting, really what we're asking you to do is trust yourself. Mm. If you know yourself, if you can look at your light and shadow, if you can um, take the time to get to know yourself, it is the same thing that I'm asking you to do in getting to understand your intuition. That is also quite difficult for some people. Mm. <laughs> so I think any sort of tool that at, at the beginning stages tools are useful because they are designed to help you achieve the thing you're wanting to achieve. So, you know, whether it is Oracle cards or journaling, or it is meditation, it's, I think I said something similar before. It's just like, choose the thing that sparks curiosity for you. The thing that you want to inquire into and just start there. Yeah. The thing about intuition is once you start accessing and strengthening it, life itself is going to bring you other ways, other books, other teachers, um, maybe other Oracle card decks, an astrologer, whomever you need to help you on that journey is going to turn up anyway. So you're, you really just need to be willing. And I say that in follow your heart, just be willing and take the next step. Mm. Um, inevitably you get a little bit further down the track and then you're really tested. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, And I also say to people like start small, check, check in with your body. Do you intuitively want to keep that appointment today? Do you intuitively want to eat this food? Um, You know, the, the, the stakes are a little lower than do I want to commit to this person for eternity? <laughs> Do I want to have this job and career? We kind of have to build up to those um, yeah. points. Um, so I, I hope that helps answer that question. Yeah. But yeah. There's lots of different ways in. Um, 
I think one of the biggest struggles people have is trying to determine what is their ego or fear and what is their intuition. What, yes. what would you say to that? Um, I, that's so true. It's true for all of us. Our intuition, you know, it's a, it's a hunch, a feeling, an instinct. It's a push or a pull, right? And, and we can't always describe it. Uh, it's just this feeling that we have. But more often than not, it is a feeling that is moving us towards growth and expansion. It's going to feel a bit more loving. Mm. Fear and ego tend to be a lot more constrictive. It's all the reasons why you shouldn't do something. Uh, It's usually based on, you know, historical events, facts, figures, or a projection rather than it's, it's about keeping you safe. Yeah. And you can expand and be safe. Mm. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, if you have turned an Oracle card or you've sat in meditation and you've given it enough time to check what that feeling is like, okay, well, I feel um, like this is still a scary thing, but it feels really expansive and positive and I'm going to learn something and I'm still scared, but I want to do it versus I should never do this. This is a bad idea. I'll lose all my money. I'll lose all my friends. I'll be alone forever. It's probably fear. (laughs) That makes sense. So I'm curious then can you see in someone's chart, we've spoken about like uh, placements for um, psychic tendencies. What about more like anxious, fearful, like can that also show up in someone's chart? Absolutely. I mean, there's a few different ways we can pick up on it. Um, For example, some of the signs classically will be more prone to anxiety. So signs like Virgo, because the the aim for Virgo is perfection and, uh-huh. you know, it's an unattainable goal um, and there is a level of self-criticism that comes with not reaching perfection. And so, yeah, anxiety is quite prone to the Virgos of this world, Virgo moon over here. <laughs> um, but I also think the water signs are really prone to anxiety because they're highly sensitive beings, right? So they're absorbing um emotion, energy, uh, psychic undercurrents all the time. Um, Mm. And a lot of people are not clearing their own energy, right? So they're just constantly building up on this. And as beautiful as it is to be empathetic and, you know, have understanding for people and to also just know how someone feels or, you know, feel the energy in the room when we're not clearing that, it starts to weigh down on us, as you would know. And I think, yeah, I'm, I'm nodding along. <laughs> yeah, I think that can definitely um, spur anxiety. So they're the signs. And then we can also look to the planets. Neptune, if it's making a hard aspect to your moon, say, can cause some anxiety. And that comes from overwhelm. So Neptune and Pisces are quite prone to overwhelm. It can manifest as escapism. The escapism can start to manifest as addiction. You know, like we can start to go down these different roads. So yes, these are some of the lower vibrations of the signs and the planets, but there are, there, there are things that can indicate it looking at a natal chart. Yeah. 
I find it so fascinating. It is. It's fascinating. What I find the most fascinating when I do a nail chart reading is what we can tell about someone's childhood experience because the nail chart has been determined at the time of birth, right? So you haven't had the childhood yet. But then I read an adult's chart and I'll see a certain aspect and say, what was going on in your childhood? Did you have an absent parent? Was it very restrictive at home? And it's always yes, always. And I find, I got chills just saying it and I yeah. get chills when I read it because it it feels like I'm having a psychic moment, but I'm not. I'm just reading what the well. planets are saying in the chart. <laughs> and the planets in the chart will indicate that even though they've been determined before the childhood's happened. It's very interesting. Oh, my mind is ticking over, which then comes back to what we were saying before that, you know, there are those souls that have probably timed it to the very minute, like that is clearly got to be my chart Um, because so much of that has to be set up. Oh, that's really, really interesting. what's also really interesting is when it's only happened to me once or twice um, and I'd be interested to see if this happens to you ever I've done a reading for someone and nothing's really landing for them at all and I always wonder surely they've got the wrong birth time or something right right? well that's where I start I'm like can we triple check your birth time (laughs) um but a lot of the time I also think there's a lack of self-awareness or somebody closing themselves down to growth and uh, potential within their own life, not following certain paths that have been put in front of them. Um, And maybe there's been fear or trauma or something in their life that's prevented that. Um, But it's not often someone isn't an absolute reflection of their chart. And when they're not, I always find it really interesting and intriguing. Does that ever happen to you? Well, I guess my work is a little different because I'm not necessarily working off of a chart per se. Um, And so for me, I'm like bringing through these messages that, um, you know, certainly don't always land. And in the beginning, it would make me like question, are you even any good? Because this person is sitting there looking at you blankly. Uh, But inevitably, you know, a a week, a month, a year, whatever later, it's like, oh, that thing that you said. I think it's kind of interesting, the idea of self-awareness. And I, I can see that over time, the type of person that I work with or that I've attracted into my work like you are investing in coming and working with me. You know, I I say I'm not a back alley psychic. It's not $5 at the fair. Uh, So there's a level of willingness to begin with. Yeah. Uh, Whereas very early on in, in my journey, even before I was, you know, actually receiving money for the work that I was doing, yes, it would be more apparent then that, it was more entertainment value. They just kind of wanted to see what I would say as opposed to someone who really wanted knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to come back to something that you said before and I'm not letting you off the hook that lightly because you said, I, I thought I was having a psychic moment, but I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, because I remember, I think it was in your first book, 
towards the back, you said, and I think it's there in the beginning as well, but you said it a few times is what I'm trying to say, that you don't think that you're having these psychic moments, but you actually are. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And that's fine. It is or it isn't. But where I want to go with this question is the idea of manifesting a result or knowing the result. Right. So again, for my listeners, I'm, you know, Jordana has written what three books, uh, manifesting, uh, is the, I guess the other side to your work or a big portion of your work alongside the astrology. Yeah. So what do you think it is? Do you think that we're actually seeing something in the future or are we manifesting it? When we're getting a psychic Download. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd never thought this through, so this is a real time. Oh, I've put you on the. <laughs> I've put you spot. on the spot. Uh, no, no, it's fine. Ooh. I like being put on the spot. Um, <laughs> Let's just talk it, it through. <laughs> could it be a combination of both? Well, that's where I've landed. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean it's right, by the way. Uh, I think- and you know I have put you on the spot and I have been thinking about this a lot um because I I think there is a real distinction between it uh because we can see something that we have no intention of manifesting for ourselves but see it anyway uh or we don't see it and you know we've manifested it um so I know that in your work you have the manifestation equation. Yes. I know that you've also spoken about um, using the planets, I guess, to help with manifestation. Yeah. Where does someone start with all of this? I mean, obviously they go out and, and grab your books and listen to the podcast. But it, okay, I've got I've got this desire I want to manifest. Where do I start? Okay, so I would start with the manifestation equation. Mm-hmm. which is thoughts plus feelings plus actions plus faith. And the way that you apply that basically is to have an intention of something that you would like to create in your life and then apply the equation to it. So are my thoughts aligned with this intention, which is just a really simple way to start because I'm telling you for most of you, they're not, you know, mm-hmm. like you're thinking all the things that are unraveling the manifestation before it's even begun. So <laughs> checking in with your thoughts, are they aligned with this intention? How is this intention going to make me feel? And can I start to vibrate on the frequency of that feeling right now before it's even manifested? Then we look at the most basic step of all, which is what action steps are you going to take to make it happen? And then we enter the dance of manifestation, which is finding a balance between taking action and having faith, surrendering, trusting in the universe, yeah, and in your own worthiness and, and deservedness of that thing that you're trying to bring into your life. So that's like the simplicity of the equation. With my third book, Make You Happen, which was a sequel to that, I kind of introduced this idea of if you want to manifest something, you first have to recognize that you manifest who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Who you are, who you show up as every day, impacts your manifestations more than anything in this lifetime right so to do that we have a self-awareness practice and the more self-aware we are then the easier it is to actually apply the manifestation equation to things and I think the discovery for me through all of those books including 
my second book, which was about manifesting love, was that your level of self-worth is directly correlated with your ability to manifest, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. to go back to your initial question, like do we see what's in our future or do we manifest what's in our future? I think where we feel these like really high levels of self-worth we can see it for us because it doesn't seem that unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. And we can also easily manifest it because we believe it's possible again, yes. right? It's that belief in self, which comes back to the faith bit of the equation and the trust. And in our areas of our life where our self-worth is maybe a little troubled or we need to work on it a little bit more, you will find that you'll struggle in those areas to manifest, but also to have the psychic knowing that it's possible for you. So I think it's all intertwined in this really like intricate, intimate way. Mm. Mm. I'm really glad I asked you. Do you agree? Does that sound right? No, I disagree with everything. No, I do agree. Um, And look, I think for me, I, because I, I was questioning this when I wrote Follow Your Heart, the book that just came out this year, because I make this connection between intuition and manifesting. And so we, uh, you know, as much as intuition is about that feeling and the sense and we're um, tuning into what we desire. In Follow Your Heart, I introduced this idea, I call it the feedback loop. So, and you said, you know, the dance of surrender and action. But I I think that the universe is constantly feeding us back information where we may need to change a belief, where we may need to clear some energy, where we might need to come back into ourselves that little bit more. So we can desire and manifest whatever it is well almost anything I think because I also think our soul will determine what we do what is for our highest good right right um so we we have to have a trust in ourselves have a trust in the universe to see the signs to see the information to have that self-awareness so that we can do that inner work to receive what it is that we've said that we want so I think we're saying the same thing yeah um so then to come back to astrology, mm. and again, maybe I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> I don't mean to. I love it. I love <laughs> but this it. is what happens when you just run with a conversation. I know, but... we're like, let's just see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, right. let's just see. <laughs> uh, famous last words. So yeah. would someone's chart reflect um, uh, an ability to, for I guess maybe abundance or receivership more than someone else's? Potentially, yes. There are aspects in the chart that do point to certain uh, opportunities in certain areas of your life that maybe someone else wouldn't have. For example, having Jupiter in certain houses will point to different opportunities being available to you there. Some people say Mm -hmm. a little bit more lucky, but I don't know if I subscribe to that. Okay. Um, So, yes. as there are points in the chart, if we're looking at, say, abundance and money, where there could be challenges or obstacles in certain houses, and I would say to this person, do you have a budget? Are, <laughs> you know, like there's certain things that would point to maybe being a little bit more frivolous or 
um, lacking a little bit of structure <laughs> when it comes to money. <laughs> Very polite way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Putting that. But, but, but also, like in saying that, I have seen charts where you know you would believe from what you're looking at in from a traditional astrology perspective that this person is swimming in <laughs> like generational wealth right? There's, there's mm-hmm. certain aspects of generational wealth within the chart and they're like, no. Nah. And I always say to them, well, you could marry into it <laughs> <laughs> or it could mean this because this is the thing. And, and this isn't an astrologer trying to make something fit, but there mm-hmm. are countless ways to interpret a placement, right? And when I do a reading, I always say to the person I'm doing the reading, I need you to work with me because I don't know your life. I don't know your past. I don't know your desires for the future. So let's talk about some of the ways this placement could manifest or translate for your life. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you could see two astrologers, much like you could see two psychics. Correct. You completely different information because it's your interpretation, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, to that point in, say, a psychic reading, and and I, a lot of the information that I receive, actually, uh, I was, I had a client before I jumped on to record this with you, uh, and I said, oh, I'll have to borrow that, so she'll know who she is when I say this. She calls it, what does she call it? Her spiritual YouTube, where she's just got this like constant bombardment of images. Wow. So <clears throat> you can have. Um, references from my life, a show I've watched or a book I've read that you haven't read and you haven't seen it or or whatever, but I have to take that image or take that message or the phrase or the song and figure out what it means for you. Mm. Um, there's a lot of detective work and I think you can read a chart, but you still would have to rely on your intuition to know whether you're going to take it that way or the other. Right. So there's a lot more psychic stuff going on there. No, I, I, and, I do, I do know that. and we also go off the chart a lot as people who've had their chart read by me will know. Um, and that's taken a level of trust within myself. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And sometimes, you know, to the point you asked me before, it's just practice, right? And not just giving a reading, whether it's astrology or or something else, practicing our own uh, intuitive trust is, you know, we said before, you have to access the intuition, but strengthening it really is about building a relationship and getting to know it and, am I going to trust you? And do you tell me the right thing? And, you know, it it is, and I've said this before, it is like any other relationship that we have. You don't just walk out your front door, hopefully, and marry the first person that you see, or, you know, it's the same with your intuition or even higher guidance. Be discerning. Mm. Um, Anyway, I've gone off on another tangent, which (laughs) which we're really good at doing. Wanted to add to that, like, also, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. I actually get a bit excited yes. when my when I'm wrong about something because it still proves that I knew and I did the other thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that oh, me. we've all learned that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, well, you did know and you decided yes. to ignore it. And that's on you. Yeah. You probably don't feel like that when you're in the middle of getting it wrong. (laughs) It's usually later. 
look yeah. at me learning from my mistakes. Uh, no, but you raise a really good point that that often, especially with intuition, we we do only learn it by getting it wrong. And I know everyone listening will have that thing yeah I knew that I shouldn't have stayed I shouldn't have gone I shouldn't have said yes I should have said no I knew that but yeah we do something different anyway yeah it's funny that just reminded me what I've noticed um in readings for me which I never I've always had my whole life but I never listened to it or that's probably mm-hmm. not the right turn of phrase <laughs> I'll tell you what it is and we can come up with it together um I I get goosebumps. I get cold and I get goosebumps whenever I feel something intuitive drop in for the person that I'm reading for. And I used to just ignore that thinking that, you know, oh, no. I was excited by what they said or whatever it might be. Um, but now I know that it's my way of knowing I've hit on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is one of the ways that your body communicates. So some of us will know that feeling of butterflies in the tummy or the hairs stand up on the back of our necks. But when we really start to hone in on messages that aren't even just for us, right? We, whether it is from our spiritual support team, and I I would hazard a guess that it is, they will try and get our attention in other ways. Um, also just the frequency that moves through you. It is so gross, but it is not uncommon to get really sweaty when you do mm. this work. And I remember when I first started doing these and I was doing them in person, you know, I live in Brisbane. It's a hot climate, <laughs> just dripping. And I'd be like, no, I'm actually quite healthy. I just have a lot of energy moving through me. Um, and so I did have to have a quiet word with Chris and go, can we take another clue, please? Can we dial up the air con, please, Chris? <laughs> so physical sensations spinning um, is often a sign of the energy that's moving or that you're perceiving energy. Oh, I can see your face. Does that happen no, I was for just you? Thinking, um, How dizzy. <laughs> or you've had too much tequila. <laughs> Uh, probably wouldn't recommend trying yeah. to do a reading. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, there's heaps of sensations. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this kind of takes us off on another tangent. But when I was doing medium work, uh, and every so often it will, you know, someone will get through my barrier and come into a reading. But there are certain points on my arms that tell me the relationship between the person who's turned up in spirit and the person that I'm reading for. So if I go to the left or the right, if it's, you know, high up on my shoulder, if it's down lower, if it's in my wrists, uh, you're, you're actually able to receive a lot of information, but how many of us just ignore it? Oh, I've got a weird twinge in my neck or, ah, I need to stretch. It could be telling you so much more. That is fascinating. How did you work that out? (laughs) Um, so a lot of trial and error yeah but around the time I can't get the the timing right but so my world changed when I was 19 and my aunt who just passed away a few weeks prior came back to visit me in a dream and somewhere between there and me you know I said well I can't remember if I said it to you or not but I shut it down and then many years later, I was like, okay, I'm ready to explore this. And somewhere in that vicinity, John Edwards or John Edward, the medium mm. was 
killing it. He was everywhere. So I had read his books. In fact, people started to buy them for me. I had been to one of his shows and he spoke about it. And so then I started to piece it together. I was like, oh, so, you know, we get, um, I could sit and intuitively have asked that question. What does that mean? Why, why are you tickling me here? And why are you poking me there? Uh, but sometimes other people have worked it out first. <laughs> yeah. I saw John Edwards live once. It was such oh. an incredible show. He is really something else. And yeah. I would love, I just think he's a sweetheart, Tyler Henry. I was just about to say. Like his, a medium crush? I, I well, can we talk about this actually? Yes. Like, I remember watching, I think it was the Netflix show that they mm-hmm. did specifically for Netflix, the Tyler Henry mm-hmm. one. The recent one, the life yeah. after death or life after life, life or something after, like that. Yeah. Mm. And he got quite physically ill at one point. Right? Oh, well, this is another thing that happens. Yes. And he's, yes, well, that's my question. Does this happen? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Yes. So there are some things that will come up in a reading that I will feel. Um, And again, not everyone has a happy life. Mm. Not everyone passes away in a very peaceful, loving way. And in the beginning, I felt all of it. Mm. So... I knew how someone would feel as they were dying. I would feel the physical impact. Um, So very early on, I had to figure out how to stop that sensation because what I've also since realized, you know, especially with say visualization for manifesting is the the brain doesn't know the difference between it actually happening to you or not. So I had to really quickly say, I'm not available to, you can tell me, I, but I don't need to feel that. I don't need to live that. I, there's one in particular, um, she was a friend at the time. Uh, we've since lost touch amicably, but she's not in my world anymore. And we had arranged to meet up. She was coming to my house for um, a coffee. We are kind of were like, yeah, I'll, I'll do a reading for you. And she turned up and I could feel straight away that someone in her world had just passed away in a really, really horrific accident. And she hadn't told me yet. It had happened the night before. And when I brought it up, like I could feel it. I could feel what was happening. Uh, And it's also very difficult when you've got someone in front of you and in her case, very raw, very new they may not even want all of that information. So what am I even supposed to do with it? What is the benefit of me knowing all of that and feeling all of that? Um, so, yes, I can feel sick. I can feel I don't call myself a medical intuitive, although uh, it's not unusual for me to feel aches and pains or to say you need to get this checked or that. But, I'm, you know, there are people who will specialise in that. Uh, but, but it is the, not for me. <laughs> what's the physical cost on your system? <clears throat> well, this is something that I ask myself a lot. I mean, there's, so in the pandemic, uh, I was doing a lot of channeling work and um, and I didn't really realise it until afterwards uh, that there's, there is this energetic trauma 
Uh, and, you know, I, I kind of shrugged it off earlier, but I like, this is a question that I'm asking myself. Mm. What, what is the cost to me? Right. I mean, mm. I don't remember what happened to Tyler Henry. I wish I did, but he was hospitalized. Like he was quite ill. Um, yes, you're right. Yeah. And I think it was not yeah. one thing coming through that Correct. Gave, I think it was his system was shutting down or like closing yeah. down from being open all the time. Or, I mean, that's what I'm imagining. I'm imagining like there's mm. so much energy coming in that you're channeling that the little human body can't possibly <laughs> hold it or sustain it or. I say it's like trying to put a thousand megawatts into a 40 watt bulb. (laughs) That thing's just going to blow. So, you know, there is a level of discernment. um, And the truth of the matter is the whole thing is trial and error, right? Like I don't ever want to pretend that I actually have all of the answers for anyone else but for my like I am just in my head I am still just the nerdy teenager who had this really weird thing happen to her and she's trying to reconcile it Mm. (laughs) and so like I didn't go to school for psychic ability no (laughs) (laughs) and I believe that they exist um you know, I, I just am turning up and I'm making myself available for something to come through me. And this is a like it. I'm giving a lot away in this podcast, Jordana. You've, Ooh, you've managed to get it out of me. But this is, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. but it is something that I have been asking a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's just interesting because I I've spoken to many psychics in my time. Or, any kind of um, energy workers at all. So, you know, mm-hmm. healing or even just holding space, like coaching online. It's a, it's taxing on the system to hold space for another human's energy and emotions, right? Mm. So I know for myself, I can only do absolute maximum three readings a day um, and never two days in a row, three readings, like throughout the week, maybe six, but I've got to you know, put them sporadically because I um, feel absolutely depleted by the end of it. Mm. And I just know that that's my energy stores, but I know that there's people out there that would probably ignore that and just keep going. Uh, and I have been that person. Yeah. I will be that person. And I think what's also interesting. So during the pandemic and I was holding all of this space as well as just like experiencing it like everyone else, a whole bunch of other things going on behind the scenes. And so I actually did start talking with a therapist who was also an energy healer. And she really put it into context for me because therapists, psychologists have built into the way that they work a peer review that you are actually, you know, moving through your caseload, but then sharing that burden with someone else. We now have this setup and it's actually something that I've been um, bringing through with some of the forecasting that I've been doing because I, I, f- I feel like a lot of the, I don't know what we'd call it, natural therapies, healing, whatever we, we want to label it as, probably does need some level of regulation. 
not just for the person who's buying into it, but for the practitioners. Because, and she said to me, the therapist said, you have compassion fatigue. And I was like, what the hell is that? But so, so not only is there the energetic cost, but there, there comes a point where anyone who's working with people all the time, and as you say, holding space and, you know, bringing people through something, um, it is a lot. Mm. And then, you know, in my case, I've been doing that for 15 years. Uh, I can't imagine, maybe I need you to read my, in fact, I do still need you to read my chart for me. We were talking about that a while ago. But, you know, I've written this book called Follow Your Heart and I'm starting to ask, well, what does my heart want me to do with this gift? And I said to you before, well, you don't have to do anything with it at all. Yeah. I mean, you've already done stuff with it. You've already. I mean, I've done a lot. Explored it. Yeah. 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 Um, We do need to get that set up, which, you know, we've been talking for some time here. I could talk with you all day. I I just looked at the time. But if people, yeah, I know. I just realized maybe this needs to be split over to say no one's (laughs) going to sit that long. Um, Someone does want to book in and have a, a, what, a natal chart reading? What do we call it? There's lots of different. Ah. readings they can do but you can do a natal chart reading which is what you should do if you've never had any astrology done ever that's where we look at your birth chart um but then you can also have transits and progressions which is sort of looking into the future a little bit um I do like specific readings for like relationships or career we can get quite specific with stuff yeah um and if people want to book readings they just have to go to my website which is jordanalevine.com Excellent. Well, I will be booking one for myself. And for for you, Helen, for my listeners, where do they head? This is so strange. I've never done a podcast. Isn't it the weirdest thing? Yes. Um, So I think probably a great place to start is the books. Uh, But, you know, as I said, I am doing readings myself at the moment. And so they're also available at my website, which is ellenjacobs.co. It's so, um, it's such a strange thing. Like we've had such a normal conversation and then we, anyway, you'll find me, come and, come and chat. Um, so this has been so much fun. It has been really fun. It has been really fun. And we were both very tired when we hopped on the call. So I wasn't yeah. sure where it was going to go, but it went to great. Who knew place. we had this length of time in it? <laughs> I know. I certainly didn't. Well, thank you so much, Jordana. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 